This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JuggerMag.com, the home of the underdog. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. Good evening, everybody, or afternoon, depends on what time you're listening to this. Uh, it's this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast, coming from a heartbroken Sixers fan over here. And uh, I'm guessing a, a heartbroken Zion Williamson-less Don Fierro Ang- on the other side. How you angry, 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 angry. Who should we uh, let rant first? I, I really want to know. Well, let's, oh, you man, can rant I first know. because I mean, your Sixers suck and I staggered <laughs> in the part of Philadelphia. So. I don't know which one is worse because I can't say like, you know, you had the anticipation maybe there for, you know, since like December that you were going to get Zion. <laughs> That's like five months and nothing. Oh, God, it makes the whole season just – it was brutal to watch the whole <laughs> Hey, man, you got to accept R.J. Barrett. You, you can you can get oh, on yeah, that I can get on that bandwagon, no problem, as long as they get, still get KD and Kyrie. It's, uh, I didn't care. They can get true. Kumba. I'm fine with that too. I don't want – I, I yeah, just, yeah. Well, you're getting KD. I feel like that's like ninety percent. Uh, I don't want Anthony Davis. I don't think he's like, like he's good, obviously, but win without. Yeah, him. You know? yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade for him either. And he can leave anyway. You know, you could trade for him, and he could be there for one year. And I don't know, something could go wrong. Whatever. He gets hurt. Doesn't like it as much. You could be like, all right, what? I'm leaving to go to LA now, or I'm going to the Celtics, or whatever. So. I think the yeah, I think the path for the Knicks is sign Durant, draft RJ Barrett, and then Kemba or Kyrie, probably. I mean you'd rather have Kyrie, but I don't know if I don't know. I don't know. I mean Stephen A is reporting though that Kyrie is New Yorker bus basically. Yeah, I would assume so. I don't not so sure what Stephen A's sources are like, but that's what he's hey, reporting. He's a diehard Knicks fan. He, he is. had an epic rant today, by the way. I, uh, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw some of it on uh, Go check that out. So, I'll let you rant first. Uh, oh, get into boy. The lottery debacle yeah. that was. Oh, where do I start? Um, well, to, to, to look on the bright side, they made it further this year than last year. Made it further, I say that, by winning two more games in the conference semifinals than last year. Uh, so they didn't make it any further in terms of rounds. But last year, you know, it was kind of a five-game bloodbath against Boston. This year, you go to seven against Toronto. Um, and I think this year's Toronto team was better than the, the Boston team the Sixers lost to last year. And I certainly think this year's Sixers team was, was better and much more talented. Um, and you take a game seven up, final shot. I mean, that's where, you know, I mean, I said all – I had been saying the last week or so, you know, going into this series – I thought Toronto had the better team. I thought the Sixers were going to be fighting an uphill battle, um, especially after game one when they kind of got blown off the court and Leonard and Siakam were going nuts. I was like, oh, God, like, they'll be lucky to get this in six games. This looks like a five-game walkover here. Um, and then really after that, you know, the next two games that the Sixers won, they kind of convinced me they were the better team. And I really thought that the whole way going through afterwards. But the problem is they had the best player. I mean, Toronto, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was the best player on the court game after game, no matter what, win or loss. Um, I really, I, I will go into this offseason 
the whole time believing that we had the better team than them. Um, you know, I really – at no point was I really all that impressed with anybody else on the roster. Um, yeah, they got a big Abaka game in game seven out of nowhere, which really hurt because he had sucked the whole series. And then Serge freaking Abaka hits three threes out of nowhere. Killed him on the offensive boards too. Um, but Lowry shot horribly the whole series. Uh, I mean, he made some winning plays, I guess, in game seven, some hustle plays, some boards, some heady plays, uh, but still didn't shoot well. Siakam looked scared to death the last couple games after he got hurt. Uh, I mean, Gasol had an open three-pointer every single time down the court that he never wanted to, sh- to take the whole series. Um, so, I, I mean, I really – outside of a couple, I mean, Embiid was a little inconsistent, up, you know, throughout the series. Um, you know, he had the sick thing, whatever the hell was going on. I ranted about that last week, how tired of it I was. Um, and hopefully Joel will lay off the, you know, the milkshakes and the Chick-fil-A sandwiches this offseason and get in slightly better shape so he doesn't get gastroenteritis every other week. Um, and, and, I mean, Simmons is really the main culprit of this because, I mean, for the first five games of that series, you pretty much saw the Ben Simmons that you saw last year against Boston, a guy that, you know, yeah, he's great in transition. He's great in the regular season when, you know, the pace is much faster and, Defenses aren't set and defenses aren't keying on you, you know, night in and night out. And it's a little easier to kind of to get by playing your style. Um, and, you know, second round this year than he was against Boston last year. You know, he had that big game six, which was nice to see. He responded to the critics. He came out great in that game at home. Um, and I even thought he was better in game seven than I expected him to be. I was totally prepared for him to be, you know, smaller than mini-me in that game and, you know, he only attempted five shots, but he did play pretty good defense. He made it tough on Kawhi. Um, couldn't get into his transition game a ton, but, I mean, in a game seven in the playoffs, you're just not really going to be able to do that. Um, that turned the ball over a little bit too much at times. But, I mean, he's the guy that's got to get. I mean, Embiid's got to get better, too. Um, he's got to improve his stamina. But, I mean, Simmons, if you're not going to shoot, man, I mean, you got to – you have to find other ways to be effective because this is the same thing. We're just going to keep running into the same problems every single year in the playoffs, you know, when it gets to a half court game and, you know, you take the ball out of his hands because the ball was better when it was in Butler's hands in the playoffs. Like where does Simmons go? What What is he? I mean, he's not going to space the floor. He's just going to stand like in the dunker spot and wait for lobs or offensive rebounds. Like, I mean, you don't want your number one overall pick to be relegated to basically like Tony Allen on offense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's got to, he's got to make improvements. Like, I mean, yeah, they're still young. It was incredibly disappointing. I mean, I'm still pretty disappointed about it. Like I, I wasn't prepared for the season to end, especially that way. Um, kind of sucks. You know, we won't have no basketball until, until October in this city. Welcome to now. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> No football either until the beginning of September. Um, so I got to make do with the Phillies for now. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the Phillies, but still, it's still kind of raw for me, the Sixers. So it's hard for me to get too into it right now. Um, I mean, you got to tip your cap to Kawhi, though, man. Guy was the best player on the court the whole series. And, I mean, he delivered in the clutchest moment. Just when it seemed like we were going to overtime. And, you know, I don't know who was going to win if that game went to overtime. Like, it could have gone either way. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, the Sixers, you know. They had the momentum. They were going to win in overtime. I mean, if any indication, I still think they might have lost in overtime because based on how their their possessions went at the end of the game. I mean, you watched the game, I did. right? You saw those three straight possessions. Violent. You know, from like the three-minute mark to like the minute-and-a-half yeah. mark. Two shot clock yeah. violations, 
and another uh, with a turnover with two seconds left in the shot clock. It was about to be another violation. And that's the problem. Like, I mean, they're bringing Brett Brown back, which, I mean, I think you kind of had to do. I mean, especially, you know, with how the players spoke about him and how much they love him and respect him. Um, and you're not going to fire a guy, you know, just because he didn't get to the conference finals because he lost on a quadruple doink, you know, one of the most miraculous shots in NBA history. Like, that doesn't really seem right. The one thing that they got blown out, but it took it literally went to the last shot. Um, but one of the criticisms of him that I've had, too, is like, you know, this late game offense, like, why are you still running dribble handoffs with Embiid on the three-point line and Reddick curling around? Like, dude, that's not going to work with two minutes left in a game seven of a playoff series. Like, put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands. Like, run isolation or run high pick and roll and let him control it. Like, I, I don't understand why you're why you're running dribble. Like, you can't run a dribble handoff with two minutes left in a playoff series. Like that's the defenses are too keyed in on it. You know, they're just going to get out on Reddick. They're going to smother him. And that's what happened. Three possessions in a row. Like they didn't even get a shot. Like that's inexcusable. And yeah, it's partly on the players too. Um, but I've been seeing it for two years now with Brett Brown, like the late game offense is just, it, it hasn't gotten any better. So that's one thing that's got to happen in the off season too. And then, I mean, I, I really hope and pray that they get, especially Butler back. I mean, with the way he played in the playoffs, um, I don't think they have any choice but to give him the five-year max because somebody else is going to give it to him. Um, and unless the Sixers give him, you know, the full amount of dollars that he's going to be looking for, I don't think he's going to stay here because he could easily go to L.A., New York, whatever, you know, a nicer place if he wants. Um, so I hope they bring him back. And, you know, Tobias Harris wasn't great, but considering what they gave up to get for him, I think you got to bring him back too because, I mean, this is what this team did. I mean, they only played like 10 games in the regular season together and then the playoffs and they still were, you know, a shot away from going to the conference finals. I think you got to run it back with the same group because I mean, I think this group is only scratching the, uh, the potential of what they can be together. Yeah. So to me, that series, so happy it's over. It was such a snooze fest. <laughs> uh, uh, to, I mean, the last game was a lot of fun. The shooting was atrocious. The play yeah. was atrocious. The whole series, both teams, you know, it was pretty much who didn't suck the the lead who won the game. Yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of blowouts. Or I know, think the yeah, games, I think the games, all but two went under. You know the total points. Uh, yeah, which is saying something because you know two hundred points shouldn't be very hard to reach. Or two. No, there were a lot of yeah. shots. That's for sure. I mean stretches of them too. It wasn't like it was just like. Oh, we're gonna go on a run and then miss a few shots. It was brutal basketball uh-huh. for minutes. On that. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Joel. Thought he played very hard last game. Uh, rightfully deserved a lot of criticism for playing sick and not use not so much using that as an excuse, but at the same time, it's like, dude, don't play. <laughs> no. Yeah, or and just like don't like don't let it show on your face so much. Like, oh my god, I'm dying out here. Like, Jesus, man. Like, sack up and just play. Yeah, and you know, but kudos. I mean, he played hard that last game. To me, I think he's a he top did. three yeah. post player in in the league. I don't understand why he's mm-hmm. taking threes. He should not be taking threes. You're the most some of the some of the times the most athletic player on the court for his size. Go into the post and dominate. And you saw when he did that, he had a lot of success. I mean, mm-hmm. and then you see him taking threes from the corner, three threes from the top. You don't want that. I mean, he's a dominant player. Understand your role and play like it, you know? 
No, I agree. And, and part of that's on Brett Brown, too, to just drill into him. Like, dude, get down low. Like, stop hanging out. Yeah, your point mean, line. You could run a pick and roll with him. Him and Jimmy Butler and him and Ben Simmons should be able to run a pick and roll. Perf- perfect. There's no reason yeah. that they should not score 100 points every game and 25, 30 points of those games come from pick and rolls. You know, that's how mm-hmm. it should be. There's no excuse for it. Uh, ben Simmons, I think it's time to move on from him. Uh, yeah, it was drastic as really. You move on. Yeah, now? I think it's time to move on. He's not gonna. He's not. He's not gonna do well. You saw him two playoffs in a row. He, look, the Sixers. It's a problem. No, the I Sixers agree. have finally made it to the point where they can play playoff basketball. Right? You've waited for that a long yeah. time. You went through years like I'm going through right now, and watch this team suck and suck and suck. Trust the process. Trust the process. You know. It's mm. time to move on from Ben Simmons. He's not going to do well. If you can get a point guard who can score, I mean, that's what you need. You need a point guard who can score. You don't need, you know, Ben Simmons and his, oh, yeah, I can have fancy passes. I have this. I have that. He can't shoot. He can't score. If he's not going to play D, he's absolutely useless. And like you said, Tony Allen's a great defender. Tony Allen locked down some of the best players to ever play the game, right? That's not Ben right. Simmons, you know? No. So, I mean, he's a good defender, but, like, you know, my point is, you know, we didn't draft Tony Allen number yeah, one overall. You know, he's a little bit more than somebody that's like just going to guard pretty well and then take five shots. Yeah, you drafted the guy who was at the time compared to, you know, LeBron, LeBron and Magic. Magic. Yeah, that's exactly. what they were comparing to. Yeah. You, this guy was meant to do big things and he's done nothing. He's, in my opinion, he's done nothing as a yeah. He was hurt his first year and he's done nothing since. You know? He, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's tricky because at the same time, you know, I've had that thought before too. And ever it seems like every after, you know, we're so reactionary, especially in this city. Like you should hear the ebbs and flows after every game. You know, one game it's trade Simmons, he sucks, fire Brett Brown. The next game it's like, oh, you know, if Simmons, if he could just, you know, get a little jumper, he could be the next, you know, Magic Johnson, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm guilty of it too. But I mean, they are at a crossroads in the sense that like this major you're never they they just I mean and being they're not a perfect basketball fit they're just defensively like you know if you were to just build a team from scratch and say you're building around Ben Simmons like you would not have a predominantly you know post up center on that team to clog the lane and the same thing for Embiid I mean that's the problem Embiid gets the ball in the post and I think that's you know that's part he should still get in the post more because he is so dominant down there but part of the reason like in a series like this you know his effect down there wasn't as strong because he gets the ball in the post and they can just double team so easily because, you know, whoever's guarding Simmons doesn't have to guard him. They just come off, they swarm Embiid, and Embiid is so prone to turnovers. He's gotten better at it. He's gotten better with the ball, but he's still kind of sloppy with it. Um, you know, so he gets swarmed by the double team because Simmons' guy comes off of him. And that's the problem. The spacing gets all messed up. Um, so, like, long term, I don't – I mean, I wouldn't pull the plug on it yet just because – well, especially if they're able to, if they're able to bring this team back. I think it's okay. If you have this, you know, if you have Butler, Harris, and Riddick as the surrounding pieces, I think those guys are good enough to kind of mitigate whatever you know fundamental basketball flaws you know Embiid and Simmons might have as as a pair together. Uh, but if they're not able to bring those guys back, and then you're kind of looking at a worse team next year, then you're sort of looking at like I I, I would sort of agree, you know. Do is it time to move on from Simmons? Like, yeah, he's still really young, but he hasn't shown any any 
progress to improve as a shooter at all. I mean, he got no, he got no better from last year to from, yeah, from this year to last year. Um, so if he doesn't come back, like, seems like, I mean, I feel like I've been doing this for like five years, even though it's only been like two, but like with some form of a, you know, a jump shot next year, at least to, to be willing to it's take done. it, you probably do have to look, you know, look to move on as much as talented as he is, but you can't keep having the same thing happen in the playoffs year after year. And with all that being said, I mean, they were still a shot away from getting to the conference finals, which I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see him run it back, but I'm not – I mean, I hear what you're saying, too. You see those LeBron for Simmons rumors that were out there? I think come, on. come on. Come on. Come <laughs> on. I mean, hey, man, it's the Lakers. They'll do anything these days, uh, I feel like. All right. I'm, I'm done talking <laughs> pictures. I let you I let you go yeah, off here. No, I'm done with it, too. Uh, we'll see yeah. you in October, six years. Enjoy watching your 220 Bryce Harper. Uh, maybe <laughs> squeak your way into the play. First place, though. First place. Okay. So, let's get to the real important topic of tonight. The debacle. And I mean debacle, as Brad Hampton (laughs) would say. We got a little debacle. Um, Yep. The NBA draft lottery. How despicable is it? (laughs) How despicable is it that the worst three teams record-wise, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Suns, and I'll even throw the Bulls in there because they got absolutely screwed, too. No, the Bulls, yeah. They, they had the how drop how in the world is the highest pick out of those four teams the third pick with the Knicks? I mean, I'm sorry. I know they want to get rid of tanking in the NBA. You're not going to get rid of it. Well, this is my, you know, I'm going to say this. You can thank the team we just got to talking about, the Sixers, for all of this because they screwed up, you know, they, they reformed all the odds now for the picks because the Sixers just tanked on but, purpose. But that's the thing is it's not going to stop tanking. As long as, as, long as no, the first it's not, three yeah. are 14, 14, 14, it's <clears> going <throat> to – teams are going to still tank. And you pretty much – and I haven't heard this anywhere, and I'm probably wrong on this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You pretty much rewarded the Pelicans last night with number one pick for failing to tank. I mean, they failed miserably this year trying to tank trade trying to trade AD and then they're like, oh we're gonna sit him in the fourth quarter and then that. Now yeah. you think he's gonna stay? Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Zion, I hope Zion goes back to college. I mean, seriously. I know that I know I know that <laughs> I think it's a little late. No, it's that. not actually. He has to leave the month. Oh I mean, man. That I know that the turn of the century. That I know that be. fat piece of crap Brian uh, Windhorse is saying, oh, there's still, there's still a chance. <laughs> and then I like Zion, Zion might not go back. Or Zion can stay too if he wants for another year if he doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. I mean, stop. Stop. How the Knicks don't end up with the first pick is ball. How? Ah, <laughs> uh, you waited so long for this too. I feel the bad. I do truly feel bad. Right, they lost games close. They lost games. They traded Porzingis. He didn't want to be here. They traded guys that, that were nothing. Tim Hardaway gone. See ya, Courtney Lee gone. And now you're stuck with the third pick. You had Zion huh. in your hand no. all, the whole year. You had, I mean, every every Knicks fan. Oh, Zion's gonna be a Nick. Zion's gonna be a Nick, and you get the third pick. I mean, and oh my God. RJ Barrett's a good consolation prize if you have to, you know, I guess. But yeah, he's a good player. Time, it's like, come on. 
I know. Like, well, I, I don't think they should have, you know, changed no, the odds. No, they never changed yeah, the odds. Teams are still going to tank. Yeah. No, teams are definitely still going to tank. They're always going to tank. You're dumb not to tank. If you're going to be bad, being bad. That's what I've always said. Um, I feel you. I mean, and you know, like, I mean, all the reports were coming out after, and you could just see it written all over Zion's face that he wanted New York. Who, who he, I mean, who wants to get who? Yeah, who wants who to wants go to, to New Orleans? New Orleans um, Pelican. I mean, Chris Paul didn't want to do it. Because... No, I know. I mean, it'll be interesting now. Like, what? I mean, I don't know. I mean, this player empowerment era is crazy with guys, you know, basically just saying, like, I don't want to play for this team. It'd be pretty wild if the number one pick, you, you know, pulled the uh, – what if he pulled an Eli Manning, you know? Basically, it was just like, I'm not playing for you guys. Didn't Eli do that with the uh, yeah, with the, uh, the Chargers, right? Yeah. And then he went – yeah, then he ended up going to the Giants. I mean, there's always that angle you could pull. Then, you know, David Griffin, the new GM for the Pelicans, could have, you know, two guys to trade, package AD and Zion for something. Imagine that. Well, I've already saw reports that the Lakers want to trade for – as he goes, if the Lakers trade that fourth pick for – yeah. Uh, the first pick, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna lose my mind. Seriously. Wait, the Lakers are trying to move up from four to one. Yeah, that's what I was. I was hearing all day, all last night, and possibly and this morning too. That there's possibly rumors that Lakers want to try to move up from four to one, and that there's also mm. the chance that uh, the Knicks. I mean, God, I hope not. If they if they trade for Anthony Davis, I give up on the yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I saw the Knicks rumors trying to move up from three to one too. I mean, everyone's going to be trying to move up there, but but the the thing is with the Anthony Davis, he hasn't proved anything in the playoffs. It's always been one and done, other than the one year, right? Yeah, when they came back and they swept the, or they swept the Trailblazers, but it's right. always been you know one and done. He's shown nothing, nothing. And now you want to trade for him? You want to give up the third pick? You want to give up the pick you got from the Mavs? You want to give up all these things to get a player who might not have been – I mean, granted, he has said he would resign or sign a contract extension with the Knicks or the Lakers. Those are his two teams. But at the same time, it's like, come on, just draft R.J. Barrett, get it over with, sign KD, sign Kyrie or Kemba, whoever. I mean, I don't even care. Both of them. Yeah. And, you know – Win. It's time to win. Just do it. You did everything right. It didn't fall your way. It absolutely sucks that it felt didn't fall your way. But, you know, <laughs> July first can't come soon enough now. I, oh, but, and then to talk about and you want to talk about another debacle? ESPN doing that stupid thing with the, the damn broadcast. I mean, Rachel Nichols went for business to herself. I mean, <laughs> trying to do a stand-up comedy act. I mean. Come- uh, yeah, 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 Williams, yeah, yeah. Williamson, I'm walking off the damn stage. <laughs> Jay Bellis is on the side. Uh, I love Jay, though. Love Jay. Jay Will was on yeah, that, too. Good. I think I love Greenberg them. They're, they're really good analysts and announcers, but come on, Rachel yeah. Nichols. You can't be like that. No, I hear you. I hear you. It was a little, little solemn to but, in there. Um, I mean, I feel – it's hard to say, like, I feel bad for Knicks fans coming from a Sixers fan, but, you know – just for the NBA, it would have been kind of better for Zion to be in New York than to be in New Orleans. Um, and I, yeah, I'm totally with you on the uh, on the you know you could blame Sixers for that, but I think Adam Silver was you know kind of quick to quick to do that to change all the uh, all the odds. Um, teams are going to tank regardless, man. They're going to tank regardless, and 
I mean, you're, you're not going to stop it. It doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it's basically like all the same odds now. You know, like the top three have a 14% yeah. chance and the next one has a 12%. The teams like, that, like, dude, it's too clustered yeah, together. Yeah, now you're going to get teams like you said, like New Orleans and Memphis who, you know, I think were slotted like sixth and seventh or seventh and yeah, eighth or Lakers, something. They jump all the way from into the, the Lakers top two. Too were, I believe, high. Yeah, the Lakers. They went from like 11th to yeah, fourth or something. It's ridiculous. Like I mean, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like it. And you're going to see that. You're going to see it all, all the time now. You're going to see teams that, you know, tank the correct way. And I guess they, you know, that's the point is to not tank, but teams are going to do it anyway, man. You got to get up. Like, that's part of your league. They're going to do it forever. They've been doing it forever, honestly. It really just wasn't until the Sixers, like, did it, made it so public about it and did it so blatantly that everybody got all sensitive about it now. You know, now we're going to train, change rules because of it, which is typical of the world we live in today. You know, we got to change something. We got to fix something. Like, sometimes you just got to leave it the way it yeah, is, man. It's, if it's not fi- not broke, don't fix it. So, yeah. I feel a little bit better now. Get all that <laughs> hey, man, R.J. Barrett, like, uh, I know. Don't, don't I know give me Zion. No, I no Zion. I know he's no Zion. R.J. Barrett's a yeah. guy who tried to take over every single Duke game. Before, yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, you know me. I was never a huge RJ guy so, this year. I, mean, I do think it'll be better, you know, with the spread court though in the NBA, more spacing, you know, more more space from the drive. That Duke team, you know, was just built so terribly too. You know, I mean, obviously had a ton of talent, but had no floor spacing, had nobody that could shoot. You know, and Zion and Barrett, as good as they were in college, I think you know with all the space they're going to have in the NBA, surrounded by shooters. Um, yeah, I think they're both going to be, you know, 10 times better. And Barrett's a good passer when he tries to When he to wants be. to be. He just, like, yeah, when he wants to be, exactly. Like, he can play point and be a good passer when he wants to be. And, I mean, yeah, he's an easy hog. So, I mean, someone someone will drill that into his head that, dude, you got to take the blinders off. He can't just, you know, go full head battering ram to the basket every time. Um, but I still think he's going to be good. He still knows Ion. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, maybe, I mean – I'd rather have Morant than Barrett, but it seems like the uh, the Grizzlies are probably pretty locked in on taking John Morant number two. I mean, it only makes well, sense. Well, the beauty you know, of it, draft the uh, the heir apparent to Mike. The beauty of it is the Knicks don't have to make that decision. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just take the best yeah. available. Literally, just got Knicks will get the number one pick, and they take Cam Reddish. Oh, if they take Cam Reddish, I'm done. <laughs> but. So, yeah, so let's move on to these two series that are currently going on. We got. Let's start with the Western Conference Finals because it's going to be yeah. a short one to talk about. Actually, the Eastern yeah, Conference Finals might good. be a short one to talk about too. Mm. But what you see yesterday in the Warriors, because to me, I saw if the Trailblazers don't want to play defense on Steph, the series is going to be over in four. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this team, the Trailblazers, they came up. I just don't know if they have the firepower to stop the Warriors in the series. Uh, to me, I mean, Steph got anything he wanted yesterday. They were leaving Steph open late in the third quarter, too, and he was just popping everything. I mean, there's no point of even playing if that's going to happen. Uh, Clay Thompson, and this is kind of going off my theory that they're a better team and a more fun team, honestly, to watch without KD. They are more fun, no doubt. But KD kind of brings, like, I mean, he's KD's the best player on the court when he plays. But, you know, yeah. they bring something. Something happens along the way mm-hmm. when – KD's playing. I don't know if like he depends on getting the ball too much or whatnot, but this team is dangerous even without KD. And you saw it last night against the Trailblazers. Lillard's got a nut up or shut up. I mean, it's time to it's time to get going. He's had 
He had an awful game seven. Luckily, CJ was there to cover his ass. You got you got to play now, well now, if you're Damian Lillard and CJ. You got to start playing again. I mean, come on, you didn't have a good game yesterday. Yeah, you know who did have a good game yesterday was Zach Collins and, and his canter. Yeah, they're, I like they're, not gonna, they're not going to carry you to the NBA no. championship. But to me, this is going to be over before it even really gets started. Expect the Warriors. Expect a long – I'll give you a little preview of what's going to happen. Expect a long week before we watch the NBA championship get started without basketball. Oh, yeah. That's probably – that's very possible. That's happened before. There were years, you know, when LeBron and the Warriors would just sweep their opponents. And there's like eight days off yep. between the conference finals and the finals. That could happen. You're right. Um, yeah, I mean the Blazers, like they're a nice story. You know everything they've done this year, coming back from that embarrassing exit last year. Um, you know Dame has the incredible first round against the Thunder, the game winner. You know they lose Nurkic and Canner and Collins have been playing their asses off. Canner's playing with with one arm out there. He's playing as hard as he can. Um, I think their magic has kind of just run out. I mean it's already basically a successful season for them you know, to come from where they were to get to the conference finals, um, to win a game seven on the road was pretty gutsy and impressive. Um, I mean, they just run into a different beast now, you know, like there's no, I mean, that game basically felt like a regular season game last night watching it. You know, it was kind of just so easy for the Warriors. Like even when the game, you know, was six or eight points at one point in the second half, it's like, this still feels like the Warriors are going to win by 20, which they did. Um, and on the point that, I mean, the Warriors, they're not better without Durant. Like, when the competition gets – I mean, they can beat this Portland team without him, um, you know, and they can play the, the you know, the pretty fun style that they were playing last night, um, you know, zipping the ball around, Clay and Steph coming off screen, shooting threes. Um, but when they're playing the best competition, I, I mean, I think they definitely need them. Like, if you know, whoever they play the next round, especially, you know, if it's the Bucks, um, I think they're going to need them for that. You know, the could they win a title – Without KD, yeah, I mean they won a title and they won seventy three games without them a few years ago. Um, you know, that's it's not quite the same team. They're a little less deep than they were, um, and uh, yeah, I mean they don't like you know Draymond's not quite as good as he was a couple of years ago at least offensively. Um, but if you're asking them to win this series, they could you know I think they're going to win this series and no more than five games even without KD. Um, and it does kind of unlock like. They're not better because, you know, I don't think any team is you could say is better without Kevin Durant on the court. But they do sort of play like – it's almost like they play more to their identity without him, you know? Yeah. Like they play more, you know, Steph has the ball in his hands more. Fluent. It's more fluent. The spacing and everything. It's more fluid, exactly. They pass the ball around more. Like last night they had like 30 assists or whatever. Um, you know, the ball zipping around more. And it seems like Clay and Steph are more kind of empowered. Um, and because they're more empowered, they seem to hit shots more rather than kind of just playing the secondary options off of KD. Um, like I said, I, I don't think, you know, when they're playing the best of the best, you know, I don't even know who the best of the best is. Like, you could, you could have said it was Houston, and, you know, if they closed out that series just fine without KD. Um, but I still, I don't think they're better without them, but it is more fluid. And it's probably a preview into what they're going to be again next year, you know, which is kind of kind of cool to see, like, I mean, we'll be able to see, like, is this Warriors team, you know, going to be the same team from four or five years ago, you know, pre-Durant when they were, you know, this fun-loving, you know, not not underdog. Well, they were like, kind of – the first year they were kind of underdogs, but – They were, but yeah, the first that, year. And then everybody they kind of hated them. 
Yeah. But it was still like just kind of out of nowhere, you know, it was something that you could like a little bit more because it wasn't, you know, this super, you know, the super team driven by, you know, signing a bunch of stars, you know, it was kind of homegrown and they kind of grew from it um, and they played a great style and they played it to a T. I mean, they played it better than anyone. Um, I don't think they're going to go and win 73 games again next year when Durant probably leaves. Um, but it will be interesting to see like Ken Steph, you know, and Clay recapture that form you know, from being slightly more dominant a few years earlier. Can Draymond elevate his offense again? Um, and you're seeing it now. You know, they, they, they're definitely having fun out there. You can sense, like, they don't, you know, they want KD back, obviously, but you could kind of tell just by, you know, Clay and Steph were getting super pumped, it seemed like, after every shot they hit last night. And it's like, yeah, man, like, we're, you know, basically saying, like, we can win this with or without KD, you know. We're still bad guys. We're still bad dudes out here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this – but this series won't be close. I mean, it'll be Dame will probably have one game where he goes nuts in Portland. They win one game, but that'll that'll be it. Yeah, I I I think it's over in a four. I don't think it's gonna matter. But yeah, it, yeah, it but, could be. So let's move on to the Eastern Conference final. That starts tonight at eight thirty, I believe. Right, not eight o'clock, eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty. So to me, the series will also and be over. T- tip off show though with with the guys at eight o'clock though. So uh, yeah, I mean it's always much watch, must watch. I mean, got Charles Barkley saying, kiss my ass, Joel. <laughs> oh, yeah, F you, Charles, for all those negative words. But, I mean, I know he's speaking the truth. Uh, to me, this series could also be over very quickly, especially if the Raptors play like they played against the Sixers because Giannis will tear them apart. I mean, he's going to yeah. be the most athletic, athletic person on the court. Uh, he's going to get his. You're going to have to stop Middleton. You're going to have to stop George Hill. You're going to have to stop uh, – what's his name? I can't remember it, but you're, yeah, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to stop them all because there's no way you beat them trying to you know going. If you go through streaks like they they did against the Sixers, this game will be over by the end of the first quarter. You know, and I'm a yeah. strong believer in that. I think the Bucks are the team. I also the Bucks are probably my pick to. I mean, I've been talking about them all year. I think they're my <clears> pick <throat> to go to the NBA championship and win it. I think they can upset the Warriors, no problem, but. The Raptors need to play better. You can't rely on Kawhi the whole time. I mean, he did score forty-four percent of the points the other day against the Sixers, uh, but you can't do that against the Bucks. You need you have your role players going. Kyle Lowry, who you know, we talked a little bit about this topic back in the DraftKings uh, sneaky play with football. How Matt Stafford is the biggest scam artist in America. Well, Kyle Lowry yeah. is up there also as the biggest scam artist in America. Or I guess I like that I one. I guess really Canada, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> but but because he's done nothing, he's absolutely nothing. He's kind of trash. But to me, the series needs to shoot better. He needs to play defense, which that wasn't really the biggest problem against the Sixers, but it could be a major problem against the Bucks. And then you have to limit the, the guys. If you, you have to pick a guy, and tell him, you know, if you're going to let Giannis get his, then you got to stop the rest of them. Otherwise, the series is over in four. And we have a nice layover until the NBA championship between the Warriors and the Bucks. Yeah, this one hurts. This should be us playing right now. <laughs> well, you, you guys would have gotten um, smacked also. So. I don't think so, man. I honestly think they could have competed no. with the Bucks. I'm not saying they would have beat them, but I think they would have given them a good series. And I don't like, I don't, I don't want just because yeah, they beat us. Um, but I'm gonna get back to the point. Like, I don't trust anybody on that team no. outside of Kawhi. Like you just said, like. I mean, there were games where the rest of those dudes look bad, man. 
I mean, Ibaka sucked the whole series until yeah. the last game. Um, and like like Lowry, yeah, he's gonna play hard. <clears throat> he's gonna make some winning plays, um, some hustle plays. But you know, he's he's notoriously notoriously been a terrible shooter in the playoffs for years, and that hasn't really changed this postseason. Um, and yeah, it just I, don't know, I think the Bucks have too many weapons. Um, the Raptors can hang their hat on pretty good defense. That's one thing that they they are reliable and trustworthy for. Um, you know, even if those guys, if, if Siakam and Gasol and them and Danny Green don't have it going offensively, which most nights in the Sixers series they didn't, and I would expect most nights in this series they won't, um, the defense is usually there. You know, I think that's kind of what won them game seven. Um, you know, it was a yeah. defensive game on both sides, but, you know, they did play good defense on the Sixers down the stretch. Um, and, I, it, you know, any chance that's what they're going to have to do. Um, but I think Milwaukee has too much firepower. Um, I mean, they spread you out with all those shooters. Like, in the Sixers just couldn't – I mean, Sixers had open shots. I mean, Tobias Harris had open three after open three in the last series and, you know, really didn't make a lot of them. I mean, if you're doing that to, you know, more reliable shooters, I mean, somebody on Milwaukee's going to get hot, whether it's Miritich or Lopez or Ilyasova or Middleton, you know, any of the shooters that they got out there. I mean, they're just too deep, you know, and George Hill and – Bledsoe and Brogdon's back now too. Um, I don't think it'll be a breeze. Um, I think it'll go longer than five games. Oh, um, no way. I think I think Bucks in six. No way. Pick. Just because I think I think the Raptors will get. You know, I think they'll play better at home. It's a tough place to go into there and win. The Sixers did it once, but you know weren't able to do it another time. Um, I would lean more on like if you're if you're saying is this series more likely to go like five or seven. I'd, you know, I'd say five. Um, I, I, but I think I'll give the Raptors two games. I think the Bucks win in six. I, I think this series is over in four or five. I think there's no way. Sweet, yeah, maybe? I just, I'm not impressed with the Raptors. I think if you're going to, you know, the Bucks the same thing. If you let Kawhi get his, you have enough firepower to beat Kawhi. You have enough. Now yeah. No, I know. Kyle Lowry is not a good player in the playoffs. I mean, no. That's why, God damn it, this should be us playing right now. <laughs> Fuck, man. And Nick should be have number one pick. We all know. That. I know. We both but... have rights to bitch. I'm like totally sucks, man. Like, you know, I, I couldn't even be – I'm not even intrigued by these. Like, I'm going to watch. What the hell else am I going to watch? But, like, I'm going to be watching just basically pissed off the whole time. The finals will be fun. These series are like, yeah, yeah these... let's get to Milwaukee, Golden State already. Um I'll be that that series will be cool. That'll that'll be cool to watch. Um, but yeah, I would have to agree these series are probably I don't know. I mean, I'm giving Toronto two games. That's probably the max. It could end up easily being five. Yeah, I think I think it's over four or five. I don't think the series leaves going all the way back to Toronto after leave going but coming back to Milwaukee if it does. Yeah. But uh NFL news, we don't really have for you, you know, if you haven't heard, um, Jets, you know, pretty much woke up this morning. Chris, Christopher Johnson woke up this morning and said, eh, there's nothing going on. Let me fire GM and VP of player personnel. Uh, so I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, a lot of fun stuff going on in New York radio because of it. But, you know. I don't understand why you wouldn't fire your GM when you fired Todd Bowles. I don't understand why you would fire him after you let him draft, you let him sign free agents, and 
I guess, really picked a head coach, but from what it sounds like is he really had no say in who the head coach was. But Yeah, that's about as Jets as it gets. It, that's all I'll tell you. You know, you want to make – Although now it looks like they're they're going after the Eagles. Uh, you know, Howie Roseman's our GM, his, his right-hand man, Joe Douglas, who has been pretty instrumental from all accounts in the, uh, in the Eagles' turnaround over the last couple of years. Sounds like that's who the favorite is to take the job. So, you know. Indirectly, this this Jets mess has a little bit of an effect on my team, which I'm not thrilled about. Thanks a lot, Jets. Well, Jets are going to Jets, right? You're going to make fun of the Giants all off season and then do this. Welcome back to uh, you know the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Any any great Francesa lines today on the Jets? I didn't even listen yet. I, <laughs> I listen to the the midday show with Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts. Those two are like. Uh, Benigno's a big Jets guy, isn't he? Yeah, they're like they're God. God help that man. He's a Mets, Jets, Rangers, and Knicks fan. So, oh. he, so I'm listening live, right? Oh, it's a tortured life. I'm listening live, and yeah, we, they're talking about the number one pick, and Evan goes, "Well, I got breaking news," and and uh, Joe's just gone. You know, Benigno just got on this rant about how he should how he should have a day off because of the Knicks, but it's all right. You know, he's actually having a good day. And yeah, he reads the news. Evan reads the news, and. Joe goes, oh, my God, I'm going to walk out this office right now. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm delirious right now. I mean, the Jets, the freaking Jets. And I'm trying real hard not to curse because I actually do want my job. But, bro, you know, he just – when my friend and I have a thing, when when the bros and the I'm delirious start flying, I know it's going to be a good day in New York. Yeah. When the... <laughs> no, I got that. But the, I mean, yeah. To your point, like, why, why are you firing the guy now? Like, if you're gonna fire him, fire him with Todd Bowles. Why, why let him go through free agency and sign Le'Veon Bell and draft the whole team? And two weeks after the draft, you're like, all right, see ya. I guess we didn't like the draft. That team is incompetent on so many different levels. Is it the owners' move? Like, it's gotta What's be the, right. Woody Johnson's over, you know, in England as the prime minister or whatever. Not the prime minister, but the ambassador some the, kind of yeah, yeah you know whatever yeah, it is that he was a lord or whatever they yeah. call him over there but and his brother christopher johnson doesn't want the damn team no. so he took <laughs> running it adam gates is a head case you know i mean yeah hard knocks right now that'd be a lot of fun they can't i know gates can't you know he can't have that job for long as the uh as the interim gm they gotta get somebody in there as, as actually Mingo yeah. says all the time say hey adam gates he says, you know, Adam Gates is a QB whisperer because he made Peyton Manning. You know, I'm a QB whisperer then, too, because I talk to Boomer every morning as I walk into the office. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Peyton Manning made Peyton yeah, Manning. I don't think Adam Gates really had a part. But, no, I don't either. But anyways, that concludes uh, another week of our Sneaky Plays podcast with me and Morris. Uh, you know, if you haven't tuned in yet make sure you tune in and follow our twitter uh sneaky place i believe is the handle you know but anyways just look us up you'll find us uh, follow us at jokermag.com we have some great articles coming out recently uh, we have a new writer on the staff and roxana uh pardon me roxana if you uh if i can't <laughs> <laughs> right? right i think that's okay. what it is yeah sorry roxana if you're listening but he did write a great article today on Jessica Mendoza and how she's kind of went from softball being, you know, to being one of the top uh, women broadcasters in 
to the MLB and having a great spot in Sunday Night Baseball and being with the Mets, you know, as, uh, you know, whatever they do with the Mets or, you know, the team, those guys do, special advisors and whatnot. So, yeah. but it's a great article. Give it a read. You know, it's a great first article for her. You know, many great things come from everybody on Joker Mag staff. Uh, you know, and Morris, you got any closing remarks? Uh, poor went out for the Sixers, everybody. Um, and I'll add in typical Philly fashion. Bruce Willis threw out the first pitch at the Phillies game tonight. One hop, one hopped it and was promptly booed. <laughs> and then <laughs> Knicks fans don't jump out the window yet. Do it if they don't get RJ Barrett in the draft. So, all right, everyone have a good weekend and we'll see. You. Thank you for listening to the Sneaky Place podcast presented by Jogermag.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please smash that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at PlaySneaky.